time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, cause it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. <laughs> He'll stop now. I know he will. <laughs> He'll stop now. I know he will. <laughs> John, turn over on your side. Go on. What, what's the matter, Blanche? What's the matter? There isn't another woman in the world who would sacrifice her youth and her looks to live with a man who rattles himself to sleep like a lot of old bones in a bag. What do you think I'm made of, John? Old bones? Oh, you've got to stop it. Stop what? That snoring. Oh, it's just your imagination, Blanche. I never snore. John Bickerson, how could you say that? Very easy. Just listen. I never snore. I never snore. I never... John! What? What's the matter? Won't you? Why won't you let me sleep, Blanche? What about me? What am I supposed to do while you grind away like a buzzsaw? I never sleep at all. You were fast asleep when I came home from my lodge meeting. What time did you come in? I don't know. Put out the lights. You said that you'd have one drink and get home at ten. Well, I had ten drinks and I got home at one. You knew where I was all the time. Now don't start beefing about it. I didn't know where you were. I would have called you. What for? Because the express man came around again with that package. It's from Kentucky and there's freight charges on it. Well, why didn't you pay him? I've been waiting for that package. What is it? It's my dividend. I belong to the Bottle of the Month Club. Bottle, bottle, bottle. I'm just sick and tired of the way your whole life is wrapped up in a bottle of bourbon. Maybe you'd like me better if I wore a label and put a cork in my mouth. You needn't wear a label, Blanche. There you go with your subtle insults again. When am I supposed to talk to you? You rush away in the morning and come home at night when I'm sleeping. Oh, sit up and talk to me, John. Blanche, I'm dead tired. I don't know what time I came home, but I was in the kitchen for over an hour. I know. I heard you puttering around in there. I wasn't puttering. You asked me to fix the electric toaster and the curling iron, didn't you? Well, I fixed them both. Do they work? They work fine. Except the toast pops up with a permanent. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Did you turn off all the lights? Turned off the lights. I suppose you left a mess in that kitchen. No mess. I hope you locked the back door. The cat got out three times last week. Cat won't get out tonight. Where'd you put him? In the birdcage. The birdcage? Where's the canary? In the cat. Oh, John Bickerson! Oh, stop knocking yourself out. Nothing happened to the canary, and the cat's fast asleep in the oven. Well, don't scare me like that. Are you sure all the animals are taken care of? I'm sure. How about the fishbowl? Did you heat up the water for the new baby goldfish? I heated his water, gave him his pablum, burped him twice, and changed his diaper. Will you put out the lights and let me sleep? Why are you so cross and disagreeable all the time, John? Because I'm exhausted. That's not true. You'd rather stay out the whole night carousing with your roughneck friends. It just kills you to spend the night with me. No, it doesn't kill me. It's a funny thing, but I don't need anybody else. I'm always satisfied just to be with you. Well, you're in better company than I am. Good night. Keep it up, John. Keep adding insults to injury. Adding injury? Never a kind word 
or a compliment. No, never. Just work me to death like a slave. Picket my meals, complain about my cooking. I never complain about your cooking. Then why didn't you eat that pie I made tonight? I did eat it. I ate every bit of it. You didn't like it. I couldn't chew it. The undercrust was like cardboard. Undercrust? Yes. That pie didn't have any undercrust. I gave it to you on a paper plate. Well, the plate tasted better than the pie. Don't make pies anymore. I hate pies. I hate all desserts. Especially that orange meringue broccoli dream cake you make. Don't make me any more desserts. I never know what to make for you. You've got the weirdest appetite of any man alive. Two months running, you wouldn't eat anything but pig's knuckles, pig's knuckles, pig's knuckles. What about it? Well, just because you wanted pig's knuckles, I had to cook my fingers to the bone. Why don't you hire a chef? <sighs> I cook for you, I scrub for you, I sew for you. Do I get any thanks? Thanks. Thanks. That's all the thanks I get. No love, no affection. How I envy Louise Shaw. Her husband treats her more like a friend than a wife. Oh, settle down, will you, Blanche? No, I won't. You think Louise ever makes breakfast for Mel? Not that lazy lump. She makes him go to work every day without a morsel of food. Just a kiss for breakfast. Would you be satisfied with that? Sure. Send her over in the morning. <laughs> I mean, would you be satisfied if I gave you a kiss for breakfast? Blanche, I'd be satisfied with anything if you'd let me get some rest. Answer me. Do you want a kiss for breakfast? Yes. Well, ask for it. Blanche, I want a kiss for breakfast. Don't do me any favors. I'll never let you kiss me again as long as you live. Not until you apologize. Apologize for what? What have I done? It's what you haven't done. You haven't told me you love me for years. Why don't you say you're sorry you married me? Because I'm not. Am I the only wife for you in the world? You're the only wife in the world for me. You're lying. Swear. I swear I'm lying. What? I mean, I'm not lying. Well, that's no way to swear. Say it nicely. You're the only wife in the world for me. Really, John? Really. I wouldn't have another wife like you for anything. Oh, I wish I'd known more about you before we were married. Oh, you knew everything. I didn't know about that tattoo you had on your stomach. That's a real indication of a man's character. I wish I'd known. Now, wait a minute. I had that tattoo put on my stomach when I was just a silly kid. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. A hula girl with a big dimple on her chin. That dimple was there before she was. Don't go digging up my stomach at this time of the night. Why don't you have that ugly picture removed? Okay, I'll have it removed in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Have it done now. What? Go on, get up. Get rid of that hula girl. Are you out of your mind? It's almost four o'clock in the morning. You'd get rid of it fast enough if you were married to Gloria Gooseby. Ooh, now don't start with Gloria Gooseby. She'd holler plenty if you didn't do what she liked. I always do what she likes, and she never hollers. I mean, I mean, I hate the sight of Gloria Gooseby, and I never want you to mention her name again. Do you hear me? Don't yell at me. I'm sick. Sick? Dr. Hershey told me there's something the matter with my head. You don't mean to say you paid a doctor for that. Make fun if you like. But I know I won't last long. What's the matter with you? Nothing. Are you really sick? So sick I could die. I think I'm poisoned. I've got the most awful indigestion. Oh, call the doctor, John. 
You don't need the doctor. I'll take care of it. Lie still and I'll fry you some radishes and hot sauerkraut juice. Radishes and hot sauerkraut juice? Finest cure in the world for indigestion. Lie still now. John Bickerson, I don't want any of your insane remedies. You'll treat me for indigestion and I'll probably die of liver trouble. Listen, if I treat you for indigestion, you'll die of indigestion. Now, do you want me to help you or not? I'll feel a lot better if you just didn't scream at me. And tell me you love me. I knew you weren't sick. Tell me you love me, John. I love you. How much do you love me? How much do you need? Well, John... Easter Sunday is only two days away, and I haven't got a new hat. What happened to the hat you bought last year? It's in a box on the dresser, but that hat's worn out. Well, where the box? I can't be spending my money on a hat. Please, John, just this once. I saw a wonderful hat with a reversible brim that can be turned up or turned down. How much is it? Sixty dollars. Turn it down. Turn it down! Turn it down. I turn everything down because you're always looking for bargains. But when you married me, you didn't get any bargain. How well I know it. Oh, you know what I mean. You only like the kind of woman who would pass up a mink coat to buy a cheap fur. Well, what's wrong with buying a cheap fur? Oh, nothing. Would you like to see the one I bought, dear? What? It's a dyed rabbit choker, and it only cost $94. $94 for a dead rabbit? Oh, don't get started. Blanche, how can you squander my money like that? I deny myself everything. Last week, I had all my teeth pulled out to save money on eating. I've been sewing collars on your old bloomers and wearing them for shirts. I haven't even got a pair of pants. Yesterday, I hung a whisk broom from your plaid skirt and went to work dressed as a Scotsman. And she spends $94 on an Easter egg. All right, all right. I'll take it back. I never knew you could be so mean. Oh, take it back. I wish my poor granddaddy was still alive. He'd never let you treat me like this. All of a sudden, she's got a granddaddy. I never heard you mention him before. He was the best friend I ever had. Oh, yeah, I took yeah. his advice on everything. Yeah, yeah. He could have settled a lot of our problems. I bet he'd tell you to let me keep that choker. How do you know? Because I know. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. Suppose he isn't in heaven. Then you can ask him. Good night, Blanche. Good night, John. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Keldoon. 
We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. The marches, the beans, the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. You'll thrill to Society's Child by Janicean, Pleasant Valley Sunday by the Monkees, What Have They Done to the Rain by the Searchers, In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley, Silent Night, 7 O'Clock News by Simon and Garfunkel, and who can ever forget this all-time classic... Yes, it's Barry Maguire's immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War, all for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff Snareplane, Lotharian hand people, to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, Golden Protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something that'll tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send $3.95 and check your money order plus your name and address to Apple House Box 70K South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's $3.95 and check your money to Apple House Box 70 Tom Sumner, program.com. The Tom Sumner, program.com. This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Halloween is just around the corner, and it's officially the Halloween season now that Erebus voted the number one haunted attraction in the USA has uh, uh, kicked off the Halloween season by opening up. I believe they're opening up uh, tonight. And uh, here to talk about that is the uh, is one of the owners of Erebus, Ed Teribus, uh, joining me by phone. Hey, Ed, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I just saw a notice, uh, and I'm not sure where it came out of, the governor's office or the, the health department or what, but encouraging haunted houses not to operate. What went into the, the decision for you guys with so many big events being put off till 21 to go ahead and do a season this year? Well, you know, we talked to the city, we talked to the county, we talked to the state, we talked to the governor's office, and... You know, they have us in the category of gyms and, you know, uh, bowling alleys and theaters. And the, the reason they were not letting those things open were what they call close contact. Close contact is defined as within six feet of somebody for 15 minutes or more. And the haunted attraction, we're putting through groups of six people or less, you know, in at a time. And you're not in front of anybody for 15 minutes. You're walking in, walking out. Um, you really don't need to touch anything except for maybe a handrail going up the stairs. Uh, we have ramps going down the stairs. We have people that are continuously going and wiping down the handrails. Uh, we have uh, sanitation stations at the end of you know every staircase. You know we're following all the guidelines. We have uh, you know distancing spaced out. We have. 40 cameras throughout the haunt watching people to make sure that they're you know, doing the social distancing, making people wear masks, checking their temperatures as they come on in. Um, we're following all the guidelines, and I think you know, by us doing that, uh, we should be okay. Were a lot of these things changes to your uh, standard operating procedures? Some of them were changes. I mean, our, you know, we have uh, time ticketing which allows somebody to buy a, a, a ticket for a particular time and come on in, you know, within that half-hour time stretch. We've been doing that for, oh, God, about five years now or better. Um, you know, the way we, you know, we did alter a couple things. You know, we had a couple areas where we had, like, a three-minute show and we brought in 36 people. And, again, we eliminated that just to keep those people from gathering. Um so we did we did some changes we're, we're complying with what the the governor was asking us to do and uh you know i think we're uh we're good you know like i said we a lot of the things that we other guys need to do we already had in place uh even our our timing mechanism we have what we call uh decontamination boots but those are actually for our time travel and that's our timing mechanism. So what we're doing is instead of using six of those, we're using three of those. And that allows us to, you know, properly space the people out and make sure that everybody's being, you know, separated. And you're letting um, groups through six at a time if they're people who came together. Um, Correct. Is if you came with a group of four, you're going in with a group of four. Gotcha. We're not, we're not combining groups together. Gotcha. And and is is that number six that that um, that limit is that pretty consistent with the way you've operated in the past? I know sometimes it's easier to uh, do an effect on a smaller size group. Yes, uh, we've always had the max group size as six. Um, so that you didn't have to to change anything for that. Correct. And yeah, because, you know, with, with six people, I can keep six people relatively close together, and everybody kind of gets to see the action and see what's going on. Where if you had ten people together, you know, if you had a couple people lagging behind, they would miss a lot of the scares and a lot of the action that happens within now on. 
Right, and that's what I was saying. By sometimes it's it's easier to to um, perform uh, different scares and and effects uh, on a smaller, more manageable group, and and that's exactly. Uh, and yep. that's interesting that that six is the number. Um, you're opening tonight. We open at six o'clock tonight. And we're open from six to one a.m. You know today and tomorrow. And this is opening night. This is opening night tonight. Correct. And will you run right through Halloween? Will you operate on Halloween? Uh, we will operate on Halloween, and we're actually going into November a little bit. Um, Actually, to see the dates and times that we're open, you can check it out at hauntedpontiac.com. We also even have dynamic ticketing prices. Um, our busiest days are Fridays and Saturdays, and that costs a little more compared to if you came on like a Thursday per se. You know, it's a, it's, it's a bit less. Yeah, how many days will you uh, will you be operating each week? Um, you know what? Even that varies. Um, you know, right now we're just doing Friday, Saturday. Next week we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think the week after that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the week after that, I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, so you know, it progressively gets a little bigger as we go. Just trying to disperse the people out and keep them separated. Now, how did Erebus Haunted Attraction get voted the number one haunted attraction in the USA? How did how did that come about? That was uh, that was 2019. USA Today did that. Um, are you expecting similar numbers of people this year as uh, opposed to last year? Um, given people's reticence that, to to be out around other people, I think some people are hesitant. I think you have different demographics that are more hesitant than others. So yes, I think we're going to be putting less people through than we normally do. Um, how many people does it attract? I've seen pictures of the outside of the building with people literally lined up around the block. I um, you know what? In a normal season, we'll put through tens of thousands of people, you know, but that's stretched out over, you know, approximately 30 days. Um, so, you know, it depends on the, you know, depends on the day you're coming and like that. Uh, you know, like, you know, we don't expect major crowds, you know, opening weekend. You know, beginning part of October, and obviously, the closer you get to Halloween, uh, the busier you kind of get. Have Have you um, had a lot of contact from people to buy tickets in advance? Can Can people do that? Uh, yep, on our website, you can buy tickets. We're already selling tickets. We're buying. You know, I got people buying tickets for tonight, and I got people buying tickets for, you know, uh, you know, the end of October. So you can buy a ticket for whenever you want. We have time-slotted tickets, we have VIP tickets, and we also have general admission tickets. What's the difference between a VIP and a general admission? Uh, general admission means you're going to come and you're going to stand on the sidewalk six, you know, six feet apart. A uh, VIP ticket will allow you to walk right in the exit, um, and we're going to take you up a back staircase and put you right in the front door. Gotcha. Um, and what kind, what kind of pricing do you have? Uh, again, like I mentioned before, the, it's dynamic ticketing. So regular prices go from uh, $20 during the weekdays up to $29 on the weekends. And how did it, now it's you and your brother that started this, right? Correct. How did you guys get started doing this? Oh, you're going back uh, some 
40 years. Um, we actually started, my brother uh, was with the JCs, and they were doing a haunted house project. And that JC chapter ended up getting shut down. And he ended up working for, he was working at Ford's and ended up getting laid off from Ford's. He said, I'm going to build a haunted house. Uh, he was 28 at the time. I was 18, graduating high school. And I said, sounds fun to me. And we did it for a hobby for the first 20 years. We went, the first haunted house was 1,200 square feet and a $1.50. <laughs> um, it set up in, in front of Kmart's and we set up in a low part of the parking lot. Every time it rained, you know, where the haunted house was set up, that part of the parking lot flooded like, you know, three, four inches of water. So we actually had customers walking through three, four inches of water going through the haunted house. Wow. Uh, we immediately changed that to mobile home trailers. And we had four of them and they were 12 feet wide by 50 feet long. And it made up about 2,800 square feet. And I think we bumped the price to three bucks. And then the following year, we added a fifth trailer, and we bumped it up to four dollars, and we got like thirty, I think thirty-four hundred square feet, and we ran that unit for thirteen years, and then we donated that to a church and got bigger trailers. We got fourteen-foot trailers by seventy foot long, and had ten of those. Ran that for seven years, but then decided, man, that, this is a lot of work moving these trailers and temporary power, <laughs> temporary electric, and then we said, you know what, we need to buy a building. And we came across this building in downtown Pontiac, and I sold my house. My brother remortgaged his house, and uh, we came up with a down payment and got a land contract. Uh, you know, and that's how we came up with uh, the building in downtown Pontiac. And at the time, we were called the Haunted Gallery, the museum that came to life. And I was reading a vampire novel, and they started talking about Erebus. I go, Erebus, what's that? Look it up, and Erebus is the darkness beneath the earth that the dead must pass to reach Hades. Greek mythology as the son of chaos and brother of night. Even cooler than that, you take the T off of her last name, and you got Erebus. I when I saw when I saw, when I saw your <laughs> when I saw your name, Ed, I wondered if the fact that that you take the T off your name and it spells a Greek god or or whatever, um, if that led into it at all. You know what we you know we were in the haunted house business for twenty years before we we knew about Erebus and knew what Erebus meant. So uh, my dad said, "What are you guys crazy? You've been branding something for twenty years. You're gonna change the name now? Yeah, we're gonna change the name." And we were looking to change the name because we wanted something, you know, kind of like Madonna. You know, just one word. You know, one word that wasn't uh, haunted. You know, slaughtered, massacre, that kind of thing. Just something that was very unique. You know, because Michigan has always been very strong with haunted attractions. I mean, at one point in time, I think we had over 100 attractions within 50 miles of us. So, you know, it's been a very competitive market in this area. And how big is the, uh, is the attraction now? The attraction now is, uh, in 2005, we had the Guinness Book of World's Record. We, you know, we took it away from a haunted house in Japan. And at that point in time, our record was 2,189 linear feet, how far you're walking through the attraction. Um, as of now, we're, uh, we're over 2,600 linear feet, which is just over a half-mile walk inside the building. Wow. And how much of, of the, um, oh, the, the exhibits or, or the displays and, and the various uh, 
things that happen to people as they're walking through or the things they see. How much of it is automated and how much of it is live actor? You got a you got a fair portion of each, um, and one one kind of you know works with the other. So if if an actor is kind of tiring out or lagging a little bit, the animatronics can pick it up. If uh, if you have an animatronic something happen, you're adding live action with it. It just kind of amplifies the whole situation. So you know the key thing is to have you know a nice proportion of each. Now you're encouraging. Well, you're requiring. Um, patrons to wear face masks um, for COVID uh, and not necessarily Halloween masks. Um, In fact, uh, you specify, you know, not wearing Halloween masks, but wearing face masks. Um, And and you're having your actors do that as well. Will they wear that under some kind of uh, headgear? Well, I mean, you know, we're obviously looking for something to block your mouth. Uh, we, we encourage the, you know, we want the customers to wear that. We don't want them to wear a Halloween mask. And we, we've always had that rule because our, our fear is a lot of Halloween masks limit your, your vision. And I need you to be able to see and maneuver your way through the half-mile walk through Erebus, you know, without having to walk into a wall or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, all the actors are going to have the mask on and, same with the customers and um this is is, it's fascinating to me that you're going to be open because so many places have put things off and and kudos for doing that so that people do have some entertainment this halloween i i've only seen one other place so far and it's funny you mentioned japan because i think it was in japan where they're doing a drive-through haunted house (laughs) to deal with the pandemic well the the only problem with a drive-through haunted house is if somebody gets scared and they hit that gas pedal yeah that's Um, true you know we we talked about that we we you know we were intrigued by it we looked into that and uh, uh ultimate decision was i think we need to not do that um because you know people get scared differently you have fight or flight i mean if uh if I scare you, you might go, oh, man, you got me good. I've seen people go, and then run and knock walls down and trample people, trying to get the heck out of there. And, and you know, you'd be surprised even a small person can be a, a show of force when they're trying to get out of a situation that they're fearing for their life, you know. So you, you have to kind of analyze the situation and, and see where they're going. And, and even there's a whole philosophy behind scaring and which direction they're going to be scared and which direction they're going to run. Right, and and what happens if your group of six uh, gets uh, pretty well spooked and, and puts on the gas, and is it possible that they catch up with another group, or do you have them spaced out enough that that can't happen? We're going to space them out, but is that potential there? Yes. Um, to combat that, we have approximately 40 cameras throughout the attraction, uh, which are monitored continuously. And then we have managers in, in spots. So if somebody actually catches up, we can pull those people out. We can space them out and put them back in. You know, if they continuously do that, we might have to pull them out, you know, you know for good. Um, does that happen a lot where you get uh, people going through that, that become rowdy or, uh, um, or, or maybe overly frightened and, and have to be removed? Um, you know what? 
you know, I, I wouldn't say have to be removed. Um, do people get scared? Yes. Uh, we average probably about 450 people, 500 people a year uh, chicken out willfully. They just go, let me out of here. I can't take it no more. Um, I think we have, we keep track of how many people that happen to per year and how many people, you know, total since we've been open since 2000. I think we're at about, uh, I'll have to check the number on the wimp board in the back, but I want to say it's, <laughs> you know, it's close to 9,000 people have wimped out, and I know it's over 1,000 people that have actually wet themselves. And the wetters have been confirmed by management. <laughs> Meaning that uh, we got to take a flashlight and get, you know hit your pants and see that big wet spot and go yep we got a wetter <laughs> and then we uh, hit the button and the sirens go off and uh, the count goes up. Now most haunted houses capitalize on on people's innate fears of claustrophobia, insects. Uh, there are any number of things, heights. Um, uh, sure. And and are there things? You know, obviously, you're going to want to touch on all of those different phobias that you can. Are there things that are that that you think are off limits, Ed? Um, you know, off limits to us is anything sexual or anything religious. You know, we don't touch those categories. Um, you know, you know. Other than that, uh, nope. It's an open market, uh, and you know, everybody's scared of something different. I mean, some people are, like you said, claustrophobic. Some people are scared of spiders. Some people are, you know, scared of clowns. Um, scared of the dark. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, fear of the dark. I mean, you get, there, there's all of them, and sometimes it's a whole package of those things put together. And you know what? And there's some people out there you can't scare. So if you can't scare somebody, we you know we try our best to try to at least entertain them, and we can entertain them by. You know what's going on in the haunt itself, or you know it's entertaining to watch your friends freak out. I mean, you can't, uh, you know, you don't see people screaming all the time. Uh, is about how many effects happen during this uh, this long walk? Well, um, you know what? It, it it alters every year a little bit. I'm guessing it's on average, you know, 35, 40, you know, displays. And uh, and and with those displays, how how big a staff do you have to to maintain everything? Uh, usually, we're you know the staff is probably about ninety people, you know, as far as actors go. That's uh, this year, our staff is a little less than that, just because of. You know, we have to alter a few things just to be compliant. Just just to accommodate social distancing and so on. Social distancing, you know, not grouping. I mean, we have, uh, you know, one area we bring in, you know, normally 18 people. And it's uh, like a little 90-second little show. And, you know, because we can't bring in 18 people at a time, you know, we have to eliminate that, you know, 90-second show. So... But other than that, it's the same thing. We just, uh, anything that could group people together, we were trying to eliminate that, change it, alter it, and make it so that it's just a nice flow of people going through, you know, without any bottlenecking or grouping together. Well, this is great that you're, um, that you're opening up tonight. And, and again, Ed, um, thanks for spending time with me this morning. Can you, uh, share again the, um, the website so that that people 
can find out more and, and make sure that they uh, get the dates straight? Yep, the website is hauntedpontiac.com. Or if they just type in Erebus, we're usually on the top of the list. E-R-E-B as in boy, U-S. And, uh, again, you're opening tonight and tomorrow, and then uh, Thursday through Sunday next week, it's yep. uh, Erebus. Where Where is Erebus exactly? It's I know it's in We Pontiac. are located in, in downtown Pontiac, right across the street from the Phoenix Center. And you know what? Just look for the searchlight in the sky, and you can't miss us. we got a searchlight you can see probably 30 miles away. And and how's the access to parking? Uh, park, we have parking right across the street, right kitty corner to us, is uh, probably a four- or five-story hospital parking structure. Uh, so that's available also. Well, I, I wish you all the best, Ed, and uh, thanks for spending time with me this morning. I appreciate it. No problem. You, you ought to come check it out. If you're not into the haunted house, uh, first week of October, we're actually opening a museum next door, which is Oddities and Curiosities. We have, you know, nostalgic Halloween stuff. We have mortician stuff, funeral parlor stuff. We have natural history, uh, saber-toothed tigers and dinosaur bones. Uh, <laughs> you ought to come check that out. Well, that'll be fun. Is that is that new this year, or have you been doing that, that for a that, while? That's brand new. And then about five blocks down the street, we also have escape rooms, and we just had three new escape rooms open up. So we have like five escape rooms down the street, and then the museum and this. Wow, it's becoming a real complex. Well, congratulations to you and Jim. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, happy Halloween to you. Same to you, Ed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Ed Terebus. He and uh, his brother Jim are the founders and uh, owners of Erebus Haunted Attraction, which was uh, voted by USA Today in 2019 the number one haunted attraction in the USA. It's a world-renowned fortress of fear, they call it. And they're uh, opening up tonight. And there aren't going to be as many haunted houses this year as there typically are. Ed's right about that... um, glut of haunted houses michigan uh, haunted houses are very popular in michigan so if you are a haunted house enthusiast um, have no fear or feel free to have some fear by uh, checking out erebus and um, get your halloween on we're going to take a short break if you're listening to us on wfov 92.1 fm our voices radio in flint they are a broadcast service of the flint odyssey house spectacle productions and my friend paul herring we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're uh, streaming us at tomsumnerprogram.com we have some messages as well and today is friday so we have a musical guest coming up in the next hour so be sure and stick around for that hello there citizens darkwing duck here and every time i'm in flint fighting crime i always stop by the tom sumner program don't forget stay dangerous darkwing duck out The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. 
Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not, is a major factor in dancing like a retard, may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them, also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people, and it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange, it's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy if your name This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I worked as an accountant for about two years in Chicago. I had a, got a degree in accounting, went into the Army during the Korean War. Remember that one? <laughs> and, uh, no benefits. 
And uh, I have held close to 30 separate accounting jobs in two years, which is like three weeks at each place, you know. I found one thing is true, that they always put you through an orientation program. You spend one week learning all the problems you're going to have to face in this new job. But invariably, after the week in orientation, the first problem you run into, your first day on the job, was never covered in any of the, any of the sessions. Now, with this kind of prologue, this may seem kind of a jump. My favorite movie is King Kong, the monster movie. This is the greatest monster movie ever made. And the biggest scene, of course, the one you all remember from King Kong, is when King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. All right, now putting these two thoughts together. <laughs> this is the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. It's also the first night on the job for a new guard. See, this is his first night on the job. He's gone through a week's orientation on the problems he's going to face, and it happens to be the night that King Kong climbs the outside <laughs> of the Empire State Building. Uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nelson. Yes, uh, this this is uh, Sam Hennessy, the, uh, the 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 new guard. Yeah, sir, I you know I hate to bother you at home like this on on my first night, but uh, <coughs> see, so, uh, something's come up, sir, and it, it's not it's not covered in in the guard's manual. I, I looked in the index. Yes, sir. It, I, I looked under an authorized personnel and, uh, and uh, people without passes and, and apes and apes' toes. Uh, apes and apes' toes. Yes, sir. Uh, there, there's an ape's toe uh, sticking through the window, sir. Well, uh, see, uh, see, this isn't your standard ape, sir. I mean... Uh, he's between uh, 18 and 19 stories high, uh, d uh, d depending on, on whether there's a 13th floor or not. Uh, uh, uh. Well, uh, sir, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a rule against, uh, against apes shaking the building. There, there, there is, yes. So I, I, I yelled at his feet, you know, I said... Uh, I said, uh, a shoe ape, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave, sir. And uh, I, you know, I know how you like the new men to, to think on their feet, sir. So um, I, I went to the, the broom class, and I, I got out a broom uh, without, uh, you know, signing out a requisition on it. I, yeah, I will tomorrow, yes, sir. And, and I started hitting him on the toes with it, you, you see. But uh, it didn't seem to bother him too much. See, uh, there are these planes, sir, and they're, they're flying around him and, and they're shooting at him, you know, and they only seem to be bothering him a little bit, so, so I figured I wasn't doing too, too much good uh, with, with, with a broom. Did, did I try swatting him in the, in, in the face with it? Well, I, I, um, I was going to take the elevator up to his head, sir. 
see, but uh, my, my jurisdiction only extends to his navel. You, do, you, don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. This, uh, this, this may complicate things a little. Uh, he's, uh, he's carrying a woman in his hand, sir. I, no, I, I don't think she works in the building. No, sir. Well, see, as he, as he passed by my floor, uh, she had this kind of negligee on, you know. So I, I doubt very much if she, if she was one of the cleaning women, you, you know, you know. Well, well, sir, the first thing I did, I, I filled out a report on it. Well, I, no, I, I don't want to give the building a bad name either, sir, you know, but... Well, I doubt very much if we can cover it up, sir, you know. Well, you know, the, the planes are shooting at them, you know, and... Uh, I mean, people are, are going to come to work tomorrow morning, and, and some of them are going to notice the ape in the street, you know, and... <laughs> and, uh, and, and the broken window, you know, and they'll start putting two and two together. You... I, I think we're safe on that score, sir. I, I, doubt, I doubt very much if he signed the book downstairs. You don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. Well, I, I came up with one idea, sir, uh, but I'm not supposed to leave my post. Well, I, I thought maybe I could smear the Chrysler building with, with bananas. was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Another five-minute mystery. Our story takes place in Green's Gap, a small town in the Southern Cavern District. Green's Gap Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an accident out at Echo Cavern. Accident? What kind of accident? Two men were exploring and they got lost last night. One's unconscious. You better come quick before he's dead. I hope you know how to get out to Echo Cavern, man. Well, with the job of being town constable and ambulance driver, I reckon I know all there is to know about these parts. Ever been in the cavern, then? Once, Doc Melville, when I was a boy. Nearly got my hide tanned off by my paw. Echo Cavern's a mighty treacherous place. You mean it's easy to get lost in it? Not only that, Doc. It's that cavern gas carbine. Mm, something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, you run into some of that stuff, and before you know it, Bean, you're out. Still, people seem to be going uh, exploring in there. More fools to be. I wouldn't go into them caverns, at least, till I was not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog keels over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Oh, poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why'd you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. We'd never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? Well, it didn't seem very far, but all of a sudden we lost our way. Where was that? 
Well, how do I know whereabouts it was if we was lost? We tried to trace our way back, but it was no use. Patsy started to get scared. It's kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yeah, he is rather big, isn't he? Yeah, six foot four. The mob used to call us Mutt and Jeff. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared myself, but we stuck together. You know, walking in the dark with only my flash from the car. All of a sudden, Pat's keeled over. From the gas? Yeah, that's what I figured. His head hit on a rock, and I guess that just about finished him off. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. Yeah, sure, I figure it's because I'm only five foot three that I got out of there alive. Gas must have been just about a foot over my head. Yeah, and what do you think about that, Doc Melville? I think you better arrest Mr. Gotti for the murder of his friend Patsy. What was the flaw in Gaddy's story? Do you know it? In a moment, we'll hear from Lem and Dr. Melville. And now, let's see whether you're as observant as Lem and the doctor. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in Green Gap's jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good story. I still can't figure out how you found out. Lem tells me they used to take dogs in the cavern because the gas is heavier than air. It collects on the floor. If you really meant gas, you would have keeled over first, before your pal Patsy. Well, what do you know? I tell you, nowadays in this murder racket, you need a college education. Another five-minute mystery. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, Sean Cantwell, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. Stay tuned to the Tom Sumner Program for future mini-mysteries. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 